Let's go! I don't know. I don't like Don Cherry really that much. Except for his Ron Hextall line. Ron Hextall, he's one of those guys. He won't take it. <laughs> We're losing! Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. Yes, it's between the stammers for July 22nd. It's a Wednesday. We're still in 2020, right? Oh, yeah. Barbara Walters, the year. <laughs> uh, training camp is in full go mode as the NHL is phasing its way back into restart mode. The Canucks are getting set to face the Minnesota Wild. They will play an exhibition game July 30th against Winnipeg. And Chris Cuthbert, Louis DeBrusque are doing the doing all the Canucks games, I think. Can't whine about that, eh? Yeah. A lot better than uh, Mr. Talks Through His Nose there. Yeah. That's for sure. It's cause for celebration. Hey, you know what? Let me let me rephrase that. I think Dave Randorf is a great broadcaster. Like, he calls a game well. Yeah. It's just, like, the tonality of how he sounds, which is something I don't think he can help as a human being. It's like people hitting my voice or people hitting your voice, mm-hmm. you know? There's nothing um, we can do about it. Nothing we can do about it, right? But, uh, yeah, that's always been one of those things with him on the call. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just... A little shrill. Yeah, well... Poor guy. I just don't think he has the mic presence. But do you think that has to do with his tone, or do you think that that's, like, uh, uh, like, you know, his technical skills of actually no, calling it's, a game? Because I think he's skills. really quite good at calling a game. Yeah. It's kind of like Romanock, too. Like, when Romanock was doing it as well, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting, right? It's interesting to think of all those things that what what makes a great sportscaster great. Well, one of the things you have to have, you have to have the pipes, right? You definitely have to have the pipes. It's kind of like an uh, arena announcer, you know, like when you listen to a guy like El Murdoch do his thing. He just sounds good. Even Cliff Lacane, like our resident guy here, you know, Cliff Lacane doing uh, doing a Royals game and Grizzlies games. It is. Yeah, it's just something you're born with. Yeah. I uh, and it's not something you can duplicate. Uh, I think if you have all the technical skills, you can still be a good broadcaster. But to be at the top notch level, you have to have both. Well, like you think about a guy like Doc Emmerich, right? For NHL on NBC, he doesn't have that deep, thuddy, like guttural voice. He's kind of up there too. Like he's a little higher on the registry. Mm-hmm. But the way he calls games, man. And I don't know if it's just because he's been doing it on TV so long and he's not necessarily doing as much radio because when you're doing radio, you're fully describing everything. You're like into the left corner, into this, into that, you know, slap shot from here, from certain area on the ice because you're really painting that picture. Yeah. But with a guy like Emmerich, like the TV's doing a lot of the heavy lifting because you know where guys are, are on the ice and he gives his broadcast breathing room, right? So it goes back to a defenseman and it's just like back to Seabrook and then you know, you don't have to say what side he's on or whatever. And then the slap shot is just drive, you know, like it's he punches those moments, which yeah. I think is really cool. There's a broadcaster that he used to work for ABC ESPN. I think he does some baseball. His name is Gary Thorne. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know where he's working right now. I think maybe he's doing hockey in some like smaller market or some maybe, maybe American city that I don't know, but. Uh, he used to do, like, the Rangers MSG. He did uh, all the ABC ESPN games, and he was awesome. And I really wish that he would come back because he had a way of uh, knowing that situation and being able to rise like like a Bob Cole. 
Well, right. the the cool thing about Chris Cuthbert too is like he's done so much work for TSN and, and doing the CFL for years, right? And you could really tell that that was his passion. And I don't know, maybe he thought the writing was on the wall or something like that with that league. I mean, now that league's, you know, in the news about asking the Canadian government for a bit of a bailout, asking for funding and stuff. And maybe that's why he just decided to make the jump over and do hockey on Sportsnet exclusively, right? Because Sportsnet doesn't have the CFL rights. Yeah. Uh, Somebody asked uh, Ray Ferraro if he was doing any games this playoff, and he said, unfortunately, no, which kind of sucks. Which, is yeah, I mean, those guys together as a duo have been, you know, pretty good for as long as they have. Nothing against Louis, though. I think Louis's been fantastic with all the work he does, He's really growing on me. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Uh, And... His son is a pretty good hockey player, too. The DeBrusks are doing pretty well right now. Uh, training camp. Before uh, we hop into that, Art, I just want to talk okay. about okay. we're in our studio, and the Geek yeah. Pod, the other podcast that you're a part of, I have one of these prep sheets in front of me for what they do, and it's a really well, nice, organized prep sheet in columns, by the way. And then you can also see production notes on it, like, Little notes, little scribbles of where certain things were said at certain times and all that sort of stuff. Between the stammers, no, no, none of that. No, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. Like, look at this; it's all dialed in. It's got notes everywhere. Well, that's because, and we just let it ride. Well, there's time codes, right? Yeah. So if someone wants to hear uh, Art be googly, uh, giggle about. Captain America, they can go to 1930 of the podcast. I think also, too, it's because you have five people talking at different points, and you probably want to break that up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And they have post-production. That's not how we do it here between the cameras. No, Right? No. We're one-take machines. Grip and rip it, baby. We grip and we rip it. Um, Art, that's funny, too. Like, all of this sort of stuff that we're going into, we're we're kind of giving people the the behind-the-scenes... you know, like details, not only about podcasting, but also a little bit of broadcasting there, dropping some early knowledge for people who wonder how this stuff sort of works. Yeah, we've been in this industry for a very long time now. Do you consider yourself a veteran now? Yeah, I'd say so. I'm getting pretty grisly. Yeah? Yeah. It's weird because, you know, I see some young whippersnappers and I'm like, wow, that used to be me. Some of these young guys, though, man, like some of these guys are just dialed, like with how bad they... How bad they want it. Yeah, and really, it's getting in, it. into a studio and putting your time in and just kind of repeatedly working on different things and then going back and listening to yourself or to, you know, an interviewer or whatever and seeing what's working, what's what's not working, right? Yeah, I listen to some podcasts out there because there's a lot of Canucks podcasts. And I've been trying to listen to more because I know there's so many. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of passion. And I, I commend them because I'm not sure if I had that passion or if I even have it now, but <laughs> but I I commend it. So Art's a great listener too. I mean, if there's some ladies out there, like you know, you want to uh, talk to a guy and really unload something about you know whether how you're feeling, <laughs> anything like that. Art is a fantastic listener. You're not bad yourself, uh, Caleb Kirby. He, he's he he puts up with me every week, so I mean that's part of it too. Wow, that's really nice single ladies. That's really Slide nice. into those DMs. Uh, Caleb Kirby, also single. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the only one. Or, I don't know, Caleb, Caleb's got a lot of things uh, on the down low that he doesn't tell me. As so. we're drinking beers in here, yeah. right? Yeah, we are. We're uh, we're back in our studio here uh, where we've done most of our, you know, semi-adequate work. 
Um, and we're drinking some beers right now, and it's it's twelve thirty on a Wednesday. This is the longest intro to a show ever about a Canucks podcast. Sorry, are getting a little off topic, but these beers we're drinking are Frequency Zone at ninety one three beers. They're quite good. It's a blood orange Hefeweizen. They're in liquor stores now for a limited time. So uh, if you want to get one in you, go to the liquor store, ask for a Red Arrow Zone Frequency, and try it out. Yeah, courtesy Red Arrow Brewing uh, out of Duncan, B.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old stomping grounds. Yeah, there you I go. Have, right? You've been stomping all over this island. I have been, yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's a really good, uh, It's a, I'm not going to say it's a really good beer, but it's. it, it looks really nice. <laughs> And okay. it doesn't taste half bad. Okay, now that you've trashed it, let's get on to the podcast. Uh, Canucks training camp. Uh, we're following this. Canuck hockey fans are following this. Like, we're we're following every move that everybody is doing right now. You right? Can tell right. It's every, a starved market. Every single lineup decision. Uh, you know, Zach McEwen right now seems to be the star of training camp. Is he not? Well, I mean, he's doing a lot of things that uh, are positive for him, you know, and I think uh, he's really pushing to make a name for himself and say, hey, I can play in these playoffs and I can be a useful contributor to you guys if you want me. I also think it's a little bit of a strategic move on Green's um, side of things to be like, I'm going to put him on a line Jake's supposed to be on because I want to push Jake. I want to make Jake be like, mm. I could potentially lose my spot. Mm. I think there's a lot of that sort of stuff going on yeah. as well. But, I mean, Zach's a big body. He's a great skater. Like, there's a lot to like about Zach McEwen. And, you know, like, every single playoff run, guys go in and out of the lineup for various reasons. Performance, injuries are a big one. And I'm sure at some point we'll see Zach McEwen play Um in the playoffs for this team. Yeah, I think so. He's getting the most ice time. But, yeah, I think he's really pushing for Tannen. I think that's the biggest thing that I take away from Which this. Which we've always seen with Green, right? He yeah. knows how to push Vertanen's buttons. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And do you think Vertanen needs to be pushed like that? He's a veteran now. Some guys need to be pushed like that their entire career. Some guy, and, and everybody gets motivated differently, right? You can be the most skilled guy in the world. If you don't have the motivation in a specific way... You know, um, you might not be performing night in, night out. So look at a guy like Alexi Kovalev, like back in the day, right? I think that's a prime example. That guy was one of the most skilled hockey players in the NHL we maybe even ever seen. Like mm-hmm. top 10 skilled guy. I think Wayne Gretzky said that. Right? Yeah. And that guy was disappearing for long stretches of his career, whether it was a coach whether it was a, a teammate, a captain, or something, that guy needed to know how to be pushed. And when he was pushed, he was fantastic. But when he wasn't, he was invisible. Side note, Alexei Kovalev made it his mission to outplay Pavel Bure in the 1994 Stanley Cup Final. That was his mission. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes guys just need a little bit of push. Uh, it all goes back to 94, eh, Art? I'm sorry. I'm like on a run. I'm on, I'm on this... Uh, this kick right this right now this Canucks 1994 run kick I think maybe I'll move to 2011 if this pandemic you know continues to be the same way as it is for another you know half year which kind of looking that way right now I think 2011 will be the next thing I love YouTube for that that I'm able to watch these old games uh if Zach McEwen gets in the lineup who are the players do you think that'll be in and out of the lineup in the best of five qualifier against minnesota is that a good question 
I don't think it's a bad question, but I, I, I really do think that this all boils down to injuries more so than okay. anything else, yeah. right? I, 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 in that bottom six, it's going to be like who's banged up and who's not banged up ready to go. Mm-hmm. We're already hearing about Brandon Sutter like practicing by himself. There's going to be a couple guys, like, and I think they probably will be the usual suspects on this team who are going to slot in and slot out. And, you know, like that's your Brandon Sutters. That's maybe your Louis Erickson. That is um, you know, like who knows what we have with Michael Furland, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Zach McHugh and Tyler Mott, is, if he's healthy, he's playing. Mm-hmm. Like he's proven he can play. That guy's gaming. Oh, yeah. An absolute beauty. Yeah. Right? So – I think that's the biggest side of this thing. And you can say the same about Ole Ulevi for the defense, right? Like, if somebody goes down, he he might be one of the first guys who gets called up to go in there. And hopefully one of those guys isn't, you know, Edler or Tanev because we need those guys. It sounds like he struggled a little bit in this training camp, Ole Ulevi, but uh, he's going to get a chance, right? Also... You know, when it comes to training camp and when it comes to practices, not everybody steps it up in the same type of way, right? It's just the nature of the beast. If And then that's not always what coaches are looking for, right? Coaches are looking for little habits, like tendencies on the ice, what these guys are doing to prepare to get out there and do things. If a guy blows a play and they see it's, a, it's just a big blown opportunity, they're not going to be like, this guy can't ever make that play, you know? Sometimes it just happens, and a guy, you know, will let another guy bear down on his goaltender and test the goalie. That's just, it's scrimmaging. That's just how scrimmaging works. But it sounds like the scrimmages are, like, really intense. Well, they should be, and they should be high tempo. I think the biggest thing with Green is getting these guys up to speed, getting their cardio going, and making sure that, you know, at the end of this stuff, they've been through a good workout. And to prepare them for and we saw the training playoffs. camp that was here in Victoria, and it was pretty tough on those players. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I think he is maybe one of the toughest coaches on players. Good. Cardio-wise. Good. That's yeah. the thing that they need to be working, right? Like, if you're the team that's sucking wind on the bench in your playoff series, odds are you're probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. Was it Michael Furlan that was just sucking wind when we were watching? It was a few of the guys. Yeah. Furlan was definitely one of them. I, it was like... Berlin, Berchi, and Vertanen were three guys that stood out to me as guys that were sucking wind. Speaking of sucking wind, acid reflux going on here for me. I don't know if this is this beer. Art's really endorsing this beer. As you get older, though. He starts coming in. He's like, our friends at Red Arrow Brewing. Since he said that, he's trashed it three times. He trashed it. (laughs) This is on me more than it is on Red Arrow Brewing here. Uh, as you get older, though, you know, these things start to creep up on you. I guess oh, so. man. Uh, but this is not about me. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, getting ready for Minnesota. Are you going to be really interested in that Winnipeg Winnipeg Jets uh, exhibition game? I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't, I don't really know how to get much more interested than that. I, I want to watch it, and I want to see how the guys do. But uh, I'm not going to use it as a measuring stick again to say, like, how the Canucks are going to play in the playoffs. I think most professional athletes have a switch, right, from practice time to game time. And when game time comes on, a lot of them just flip that, you know. Men- I just, mental preparation to get into, you know, a zone I'm just for when something you. matters. I'm just asking you because we are almost there, man. We know when the first game is going to be played now. It's going to be August 2nd, a Sunday. Yeah. The Canucks versus the Wild in Edmonton. Yeah. Game one. Yeah. 
and it's it's here. So How little of work are we going to be doing on these days where it's playoff hockey all day long? So I actually am working the morning shift, which really helps my viewing habits for the afternoon. I'm good to go. I thought you said this podcast wasn't about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. There, is, could, there could be as many as, uh, and they're all going to be on Sportsnet. Yeah. I think I had this written down here. Um, up to six games a day. Yeah, it's unreal. Holy shit. Yeah. If you can't get excited about that, you can't get excited about hockey. I hope you maximized your July art. With doing stuff outdoors and having fun and enjoying the summer because August could possibly be a Mm write-off. You know, if the Canucks do make some noise, which I think they will, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be watching a lot of games indoors. That begs the question. We both predicted Minnesota Wild and the Canucks, the Canucks to beat the Minnesota Wild. How more excited about this team are you now than if you then you were a few months ago, four months ago. Like, because of the time off, because of people coming back from injury, do you think this team is in a better position now to make a run than they were back then? Yeah, they didn't have Markstrom. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. All right. Jeez. Not just Markstrom. (laughs) I like how you positioned that question as if it was like, do you think (laughs) that a team without their star goaltender, who got snubbed for the Vesna, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Um you know, is is going to be better off with him than without him. Of course I will. In yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, dude, I'm so glad that he's healthy and ready to go because he's going to be a key piece if this team wants to go anywhere in the playoffs. Not just him, though. Like, Brock Besser says he I agree. and Quinn Hughes, they both think they're far, they're far in a better place right now. Like, Besser, he was quoted today, I'm coming back on a mission. I really put in the work when I was at home, noticing a difference right now. I feel confident. The shot's feeling good. You know who I <laughs> – this reminds me of what you said to me last year, and it actually, I think, sparked a miniature fight on this podcast mm-hmm. when we were talking about off-seasons, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, these guys are t- saying all the right things, and they're going to come back next year, and they're going to be better. And you looked at me right in the eyes, and you put your hands out, kind of posturing, and you're like, you know what, Kirby? Talk is cheap. Right? What do you think they're going to say right now? What do you think guys like Quinn and Brock are going to say? Ah, I feel about the same. Ah, like, they're ready to go for sure. And they are key pieces. But I think the biggest thing about this team that excites me is that everybody that we need to play to go to make any sort of a successful type of run, and maybe that should be a question, is what to us is a successful run here, um, is back and in the lineup ready to go okay okay he's like i'm gonna take your shitty question art and turn it around but what would you what would you call a successful run for the canucks in this in this playoff win the first win the first round win the qualifier beat minnesota and then give whoever they play hell okay that's what i think is going to be a good run okay so a play in yeah i think you need to win that yeah and i think you need to win your first round for me to really be excited about this team really yeah what if they just take whoever they're playing, if it's like Edmonton or whatever, and, no. and like take them to the match? I'll be disappointed. T- take them to game seven and they lose in overtime or something. Hey, if they go to game seven and I'm like, I'm, I'm welling with emotion, maybe I'll change that answer. But right now, you know, completely sound of mind, except for a few sips of uh, frequency. The frequency. 
brought to you by Red Arrow Brewing. <laughs> and the zone at And the zone at 91.3. Um, I want to see the playing one and the first round one. Mm. Mm. That's what I think will be successful for me. Anything beyond that, I'll be elated. I'll be over the moon. Why? Why? Yeah. Because I think this team is good enough to do it when healthy. I think Markstrom alone with how he played this year is good enough to, you know, backstop this team to win a couple series is almost on his own. That's how much I think Jake, that's how good I think Jacob Markstrom is. And we've seen the offensive contributions from this team all season long. They can keep up with teams and goals. They just can. I got to go do the news. (laughs) All right. Uh, One moment. Caleb Kirby will get back on uh, why he thinks the Canucks are better than they are. I hit the stop button. Caleb had to uh, I get the a stop button. Caleb had to get another frequency beer. That's why we had to stop recording and then come back. How did you get another one? Did you hit the record button again? Yeah, we're recording right we're now. We're recording right now. Yeah. Since when? Since I hit record. Shit, son. I yeah. don't see it on the thingamabob. We're a one take wonder here. All right. Yeah. Trust me. Okay. Yeah. I forget what we were talking about. <sighs> the Minnesota Wild. The Vancouver Canucks and you know, how maybe Caleb if, Kirby thinks that they're they're a better team than they are. What do you mean I think they're a better team than they are? I think you have maybe too high of expectations. Okay, all right, let me ask you this. Okay. Before COVID happened, mm-hmm. were you expecting the Canucks to make the playoffs? I was on the fence about it. <sighs> In your heart of hearts? In my heart of hearts, I thought no. Really? Yeah. Okay. Remember? Well, then there we go. Okay. I think they're better. That's why. I, I that's expected, why I posed the question. I expected them to make the playoffs and win around. That's what, how good I think this team is. Oh, right okay. Now. I just didn't. I I I, so, I thought they were losing a little steam here at the end. You know, they were they weren't playing that well. Because they're another number one goaltender, man. Yeah, but that's still part of it. Yeah, but yeah. if they had them. Yeah. But yeah. I'm. We were talking about back then. What I thought if I thought they were going to make the playoffs. Okay. Oh. That was part of it. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it there. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the other matchups. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what? Which of these matchups? And it's a little bit... I had to, like, look it up and see exactly how the NHL has structured this because they, like, announced the, the way they were going to do the playoffs seemingly months ago. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had forgotten. So... Well, that's good. The way it's going to set up. In the Eastern Conference, the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Flyers will each have a bye. They'll play each other, though, once to determine the order of the top four seeds. Do you think that is fair? Not really. That isn't fair, is it? I think it's kind of stupid. Yeah. So in the West, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas each have that first round bye. Yeah, but I mean, that's play-ins. They're considering the play in the buy. Yeah, that's that that's the buy. But I mean, like here are these teams, like the Boston Bruins, who they ran away with it. Yeah, they have to play one game to decide seedings, even though they've played seventy games where they just crushed and ran show, and now it's one game that they're playing to decide a seeding. Who cares about seeding though? You don't think that matters? Home, I guess home ice isn't the same. Yeah, as what it was. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, I mean, you're playing. Seeding kind of counts because you're playing, you know, Why? the next Why team. Why does it count? What if you're playing the, the next best team, the next worst team? You're trying to play the team with the lowest seed is next, right? 
for Boston. I have come to give you my seed. <laughs> um, um, Is that yeah. a Hamilton thing? No, that's from, um, what's it called? Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she's fantasizing about Will Ferrell and he, like, kicks the door down. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, I don't think it matters that much, you know? Just, like, yeah. You're, maybe- you're saying that now, but what if it was the Canucks that had the number one seed? And they have to play one game to decide where they're going to be seated. I'm going to stick with it. Oh, I don't think it matters that much. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. Art obviously has a different take on it. Fuck that. That that would bother the shit out of me if I was the number one seed. Because, you know, you go through this entire season where you're clearly the best team, and then it all comes down to one game deciding the seeding. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Of the play, let's talk about the qualifiers, okay? Pittsburgh takes on Montreal. Kit. Prediction. Pittsburgh, easy. Sidney Crosby back at practice. Pittsburgh fans were going nuts today on Twitter. Saw that. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. New York was on a fat rip. Yeah. um, Towards the end of the season. But I do think that Carolina will win that. Especially with after Carolina's like run that they had last year. I think that was a lot of good experience for a lot of young, uh, for, for a pretty young team. I think Carolina has arguably a top three decor in the league. Like, their D is impeccable. Jacob Slavin is an incredible defenseman. Goaltending is a bit of an issue, though, right? Goaltending is probably the biggest question mark. But, I mean, what's Lundquist done in the playoffs? Right? Well, he, he's had good runs before. Well. And he's having a really good year. Yeah. Uh, why are the Rangers there? That's a question. You look at their lineup and, like, how did this team make the playoffs? Artemi Panarin, unreal. Bradman. Yeah, uh, you start off with a guy like Artemi Panarin, and I think that's half your answer. Uh, the uh, Swedish guy who they got from Ottawa, what's his name? Why is his name uh, Zabinijad? Yeah, because he's had Zibinijad. a hell of a year. Yeah, just another player that Ottawa yeah. has traded away. Kako is one of those guys who, uh, you know, he's been okay. A lot of people like have been riding him a lot at the beginning of the season. People were like, "Oh, he's going to be rookie of the year. He's going to be rookie." But I mean, it's a tough league. Right, and I mean, this is more experience for him as they, as they move forward. Jacob Truba. I just think, well. yeah, I just think that uh, Carolina has two really good scoring lines, a really really fast third and fourth line that can wear you down, mm-hmm. and they are so good at holding on to the puck that if they play that kind of game, like they have uh, played not only this season but also last year, where it's just puck possession. That's a broad Brendamore thing. Is like have that puck on your stick. You know, even if we don't get as many shots as the other team, I think that just wear wears guys down because they're chasing the game. Uh, I think Carolina wins it. All right, uh, this one is kind of interesting. Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, John Tortorella, by the way, getting uh, a nod <laughs> for the Jack Adams Trophy. Did you see what John Tortorella said? His uh, t- when they were asking about, about uh, players like being. With no crowds in the stadiums, it's like, what? what is your feeling of, like, no crowds in the stadiums and, like, the NHL and fans being able to hear everything? And the microphones on the ice might pick up in terms of language for viewers at home. I, I really don't give a shit, quite honestly. So, uh... <laughs> I can't believe you had that on your phone ready to go. 
I just you sent it to me, so I I knew I, where it was. I thought that was fantastic, and I just, just classic torts, man. That's why I love the guy. <laughs> like I know he didn't have the best tenure in Vancouver for sure, but what you get is what you get with that guy. Is that not an interesting series, Toronto Columbus? I mean, any series with the blue with the Maple Leafs. I said Blue Jays there is an interesting series. Well, it's on it's on the goalies in that series, really. What it boils down to is who's gonna who's gonna outplay each other. Is it gonna be Corpusalo or is it gonna be Freddie? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really. I mean, both of those teams have like I mean, Toronto's got such good firepower. Columbus has a better decor by leaps and bounds, but they don't really have the firepower up front to hang with the Maple Leafs if they're trading goals. Uh right. Forgive- we all know we all know Torts plays a defensive style. So these these goalies, they both got to uh, step up. Uh, Seth Jones, is he back? I think so. Yeah, and so, and Wierenski, right? Like, yeah, there was yeah there was a, there's a quote from John Tortorella, Zach Wierenski, and Seth Jones. We're going to get them on the ice as much as we possibly can. And why wouldn't you? Of course, they're fantastic. Yeah, and they're going to play a big role in this series. So. That should be interesting, man. So who are you picking in that series? Probably the Leafs. I feel like getting Tavares there and just having a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more uh, playoff experience from last year. It'll probably be enough to push them, but I think that, uh, I don't know. It's like if Columbus like wins one, like the first game, the heat that's going to be had. On that Toronto team. I will tell you right now, if I was Toronto, I'd be shitting my pants. Yeah. Really. Um, especially now that, you know, like Columbus was injured, like riddled with injuries. Mm-hmm. Probably the most out of any team this season. And that's why right? Tortorella got a nod for yeah. best And coach. to get where they got originally is great. And their goaltending, I think, is going to win them this series. I will go on record saying that. I think Columbus will win this series because of the, the guys – that they have in that. Which of those series are the most interesting for you? Between those two? Just between all the series that I've given you so far. You've given me two. So between... I give you Pittsburgh, Oh, yeah, sorry, Montreal, you gave me three. You gave me three. Carolina, right. New York. That one. that one. The Leafs, Columbus. That one just has intrigue. And actually, there's one more. Sorry, I missed this. Yeah. The New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I don't care about that one. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I think the Islanders will win. Think so? Yeah. Is that a, a uh, trots thing, or is that? I don't know yeah. if they have the firepower up front. But they're so defensively sound, man. Like I think that's a big part of anything. It's just being that sound defensively can win you a lot. I know Florida has Bobrovsky now, right? I I don't think his first year went as good as a lot of people thought it would go yeah. in Florida. And I just I just feel like the Islanders have more momentum to uh to win that original series. But like as far as intrigue in in all those plans, yep. Columbus Toronto, yep. like by a mile. Yeah. I for I like I even forgot about Carolina and New York after we just finished talking about it. I think Pittsburgh Montreal's uh silent, kind of a kind of a dark horse. I expect Pittsburgh to walk on Montreal. Really? Yeah. What about that what about that Montreal team to you screams playoffs? I think Gary Price is playing pretty well. Other than Gary Price, which has been the constant for that team for years. Philip Deneau. Yeah, see. <laughs> he's good. Facetious he's answer. Good. 
He's good. Okay, yeah. let's go to the West. Uh, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas. They have to play each other in a round robin. Uh, the best of five series qualifiers, Edmonton Oilers versus Chicago Blackhawks. The Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Cardinal, or Cardinals, Coyotes. The Canucks versus Minnesota. Well, okay. Oh, this is how you're teeing it up. Sorry, I farmed Art's tee up here. You just can't keep silent. <laughs> Sorry, I farmed it. Just Go the, ahead. The peanut gallery here. The peanut gallery. There's yeah. only two of us, and we have a peanut gallery. Yeah. Uh, the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. We've, we're going to obviously talk about Vancouver and Minnesota at length, so let's go Edmonton Oilers, Chicago Blackhawks. I love this series. Yes. <laughs> this series is you fun. Knew, you knew I loved this series. You yeah. knew it. That's why you went with it first. I love it. I love it. So why do you love this series so much? Are you kidding me? Why do you think I love this series so much? I want you to answer my question for me about why do you think I love this series so much. Well, I know so you much. hate the Oilers. Well, I think they've been just given everything on a silver platter <laughs> yet again. Right? Um, I know you have a Duncan Keith jersey in your... <sighs> love me some Duncan. In your, in your closet. Um, this series for me is... Very, very interesting because I think nobody wanted the Chicago Blackhawks in yeah. the playoffs. Nobody wanted them because they got some, you know, they got a lot of difference makers there on that team, and uh, kind of like the Canucks. I feel I've kind of I kind of put Blackhawks Canucks kind of in the same. They're about as equal as each other. This series to me is like the secret war of like all these little playing series. I think this series can be a bloodbath. Honestly, like with the way that some of these Blackhawks have played in in playoffs before, some of these veterans, they're not fun to play against, man. Mm -hmm. They are not fun. Like Duncan Keith is a nightmare to play against. Watch the stick work of that guy, man. Watch what he gets away with on ice. It is disgusting. Like it's smart and it's gamesmanship totally from his end. People are going to be mad now because they're all going back to the Sedin elbow, which was awful. Mm -hmm. But, like, that guy, he turns it up, like, four notches when he plays. And same with their goalie. Corey Crawford, I feel, is, like, the exact same way. Yeah, Taves is a vocal leader. He knows how to get Had a in guys' good year heads. Had a, Had a good, good year. Yeah. Good in the dot. Yeah. Right? Patrick Kane is still one of the best players in the league. Like, if you, if you have a guy like Taves who's going to be in charge of trying to shut down guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. he's going to be in one of those matchups. Mm-hmm. And if he can render one of those guys ineffective, then what does Edmonton have? Yeah. Right? I just... I think a lot of people are thinking Edmonton's going to run away with this series. Yeah. I think I, a lot of people... I know that. that. And I, I don't I don't see it. I think this series is going to be very close. Very, very close. And if a guy like Corey Crawford can even show a glint of what he did in every basically every playoff series he's ever played in, then Edmonton might be in a bit of trouble. Yes. I think that back end for Chicago, just like the Canucks, is a bit of an issue. Yes. Uh, aside from, you know, obviously stalwarts there and Duncan mm-hmm. Keith. Uh, Connor Murphy is good defender. I think he's really helped that team this year. Uh, Oli Mata, who's hurt. I think him and Oli Mata are both hurt, and that's going to be an issue for the Blackhawks. If those guys are healthy, then I think they can beat Edmonton, but I'm not sure if they're healthy. All I know is that Edmonton's been playing with two lines all season up front. 
It's got to come back and, and bite them. And if you, yeah, if you honestly think that that team can get the job done in the playoffs with two of those lines playing well and one of those lines being shattered by a guy like Johnny T, I think you're in a bit of trouble. I really do. I don't, and the Oilers' defense is not that good. And I think goaltending is still an issue right? here in Edmonton. The weird X factor to this series, I think, is that third line of, um, Chicago, right? Like the young guys, like Strom, DeBrincat. We'll see where he plays. He might be playing up, up further up the lineup, but like Strom, Kirby Doc, like some of these younger players on that team, like they could potentially make a difference. Drake Kajula will be playing in this series, and he'll be playing against his former team, uh, the rookie who who also scored thirty goals. Why is his name escaping me right now? Yeah, yeah, because he's not really a rookie. He's like ninety six years old. <laughs> But he still had a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. I know Markstrom robbed him a number of times in that one game. What's his yeah. name? Anyways, You'll get there. Yeah, I'll get there. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's an interesting series. Uh, I think you and I are going to be watching every game. Absolutely. Right? Uh, <laughs> I think you and I both know who we'll be cheering for. <laughs> uh, the Nashville Predators, Arizona Coyotes. God, that's going to be a boring fucking series. You think so? Yeah. Interesting. Every game with the Coyotes is boring. God, they're boring. You know, last year, who did Nashville play in the first round last year? And it turned out to be a bit of a slobber knocker, and I thought it was going to be boring. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I thought that was one of the best uh, opening – opening. oh, it was Dallas, wasn't Dallas. it? Yeah, yeah. Dallas. That was yeah. a really, really, really good first-round matchup. That doesn't shock me, though. Dallas yeah. is exciting. Dallas get, is fun. Yeah, Dallas for is sure. fun. But uh, Coyotes, like every – like, Coyotes, is a, they're a strong team. Like, top to bottom. I think, like – they don't have a lot of holes on this team. And uh, it depends on if some of their guys like Taylor Hall and and Phil Kessel can, like, you know, reinvent that magic that they've always had. That's That'll be the decision, the deciding factor. I think at the end of the day, it's how Pecorini is going to play in that net. Yeah. Because Pecorini was abysmal. Every time he came to Vancouver, every time the Canucks played him, they absolutely lit him up this season. That's because I also and, think that Canucks' best players, they 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 are in his head. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was never that afraid of playing Nashville because I, like, Patterson and Besser love to play Rene. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how Rene does. His save percentage was down all kind of year, and it's up to him to hold up that team's end of the bargain, right? Especially with how good that back end is in front of him. Like, he... His numbers shouldn't be as bad as they are. Um, Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets. Jets. This is, this Jets. is interesting. Jets, all day. Serious. All day. So, why? All day. Serious. Connor Hellebuck yeah. won. Okay. Johnny Goudreau last year decided to just take yeah. time off and shake his hand every time somebody passed him on the ice. I don't think Johnny knows what he's doing in the playoffs. Like, after watching him last year, I was yeah, like... but he's a young kid. You're I'm just, just saying, take, after watching him last playoff. year, I was just like, this guy wilted. This is the hardest wilting I've seen since, like, Malkin his first year in the playoffs. Like, that was a, like, it was a wilting. I And I don't expect him to be better this year. Why? I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling. The Flames Jets won are, the West last year. Jets That's are why big it's such a mean, flame out. Man. Jets are big and mean. They're a big, mean team. Their defense, I wouldn't want to play their them defense in the playoffs. Is, their defense is not strong, though, on that team. Yeah. They lost Truba. Uh, Morrissey was out for a while. They lost, He's probably back now. Yeah. Uh, they lost Tyler Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I don't Bufflin. know. Yeah, Bufflin. Yeah, yeah, Bufflin. So those, the, yeah, I think defense is a bit of an issue for that team. But, of course, up front, they're, they're, as, they're as good as anybody yeah. up front. And Blake Wheeler is a jerk, man. Yeah. Like, he's not fun to play against. Also, best name in hockey right now. Blake Wheeler? Yeah. Is it not? I can't think of a better one. So, yeah. yeah. It is. I mean, you put me on the spot, but you're not wrong. That's what we do here on Between the Summers. <laughs> we'll put people on the spot. Okay, so we went through all those. So uh, you're going Calgary then. I want to know what your uh, your thoughts are. I think the Flames were so bad in last year's playoff that they're going to bounce back with a better year. I think a lot of their young players, like, they were like, they just, for whatever reason, they just didn't show up last year. Monaghan, Goudreau, They got embarrassed Lindholm, by Colorado. They right? got embarrassed by Colorado. Monaghan, Lindholm. Monaghan, Lindholm, and Goudreau. I'm not worried about those guys. The only guy I'm worried about is is Matthew Kachuk, yeah, right? Because he's a jerk, and I love how he plays. But like, a you a jerk too. You don't think, you don't think the Winnipeg uh, Jets are going to have a solution for a guy like that? I think they will. Interesting. All right, but hey, um, so you're thinking Flames will win that? Yeah. And then going back to Arizona, you think Arizona will beat the Preds, or Preds will beat Arizona? I'll take Arizona. You'll take Arizona. Yeah. Interesting. What are you taking there? I'll take the Oilers against the Blackhawks too, even I, though I know who I'm cheering. I think for, I think the centers on Nashville are stronger, so I'm going to take Nashville. Okay, we're yeah. almost opposite on every single series here in the West. Well, what, what was we're we're what are you taking Edmonton? Yeah, I'll take Edmonton. Okay, so yeah, we're almost opposite. I mean, I know who I want, but I'll I'll take Edmonton, squeeze it out. Um. And then we're we're on the same page. With so the we're taking wild. different underdogs, which is really interesting, yeah, yeah. right? Because yeah. Arizona is the underdog against Nashville, right? Are they? I think yeah, so. Slightly. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, yeah, slightly. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Whereas in the Eastern Conference, you and I were pretty much we're pretty much on the same boat, on the same side. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, do you have a team that you think is going to win it all? Are we going to do that here, or should we wait? I don't know. It's up to you, buddy. I don't know. You're you're the captain of the ship. All right, maybe we'll wait. I'm just here for fun. We got next week, too, before the start of the playoffs, so let's save a little bit of content here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's all the hockey notes that I had, unless there was something else you wanted to bring up. Mm, no. Major League Baseball, opening oh, day. Oh. Opening day, Thursday. Yeah. Your thoughts. Are you ready to watch baseball? Nothing beats a Sunday where there's three baseball games on and you have no plans. Yeah, even with no fans. Nothing yeah. beats it, really. In the summertime, if you're just like, everyone's like, hey, you know, you had a rough night on Saturday or whatever. You partied Friday, you partied Saturday, or you you went out with friends, you went fishing or whatever. You come back home from a night or two of camping and you just want to veg out. Nothing beats a game where the schedule is full and you just get to a... Lie down on a couch and watch baseball. I couldn't agree with you more, and that's why we're friends, I think, because I'm that gee who sits on the couch for hours on end on Sunday. I don't care what the matchup is. What it's do you think our couches Milwaukee think of us? versus Philadelphia, yeah. or, or it's Milwaukee versus Pittsburgh Pirates, two teams that I could give less of a shit about, yeah. but I'll watch it. <laughs> you know how much of, like, my couch has of me just soaked into it, like... Just from watching Sunday baseball, it's it's pretty impressive. But can baseball fucking do this? Like, they are flying to every single city. 
I think they're going to be shut down in a month, less than a month. You think so? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't know. It just depends it on just, how, like, it's ridiculous. They're the only and and granted, their league was in a different position than every other league. Basketball, hockey, they they were already full on into their well, season near the end, you know, halfway through their seasons, more than halfway through their seasons, where as Major League Baseball was just getting their season started. What is it? It's 69 days and 60 games yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, or 62 games? 60 games. 60 games in yeah. 69 days? Yeah. Yeah, so... They've expanded the I'm, rosters I'm like not crazy. worried about the flights because the flights are going to be chartered flights. It's not like these guys are going on public planes and flying around everywhere. These guys are going to be together all the time, but it's up to, like, the managers... Right to keep these guys away from any sort of trouble, and that's really where the problem lies. Because I mean, you go down to Miami, mm-hmm. you don't care about playing in Miami. What if a whole team contracts COVID? Like, are well, they that's just what gonna, I mean. Are just going right? to throw them out there? You know? <laughs> yeah. Are they going to throw up like they they have expanded rosters? So, oh, tonight uh, our uh, our number one closer is not available. He's not available for two weeks. He's these guys got to be these guys got to be traveling on such like a quarantine like own bubble schedule where they're doing everything together. They're bringing their where, bubble from city to city yeah. whereas every other league has a hub city to have the bubble. Yeah, but let's be honest, two of those leagues are playing in Florida at Disneyland, right? True, true. What would you rather be doing? Traveling in your own bubble on your own private plane, staying in your own like private hotel room and doing all that stuff like the MLB is doing or being in the worst state Mm-hmm. For COVID nineteen, and playing out of Disneyland, <laughs> where where you're surrounded by distractions, and I'm not talking about rides, people, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. apparently, guys are getting fined for like some guy got delivery because the food is yeah. like you know not what everybody wants. An NBA player, yeah, yeah an NBA player got fined for picking up delivery out of bounds. Yeah. Oh, it's like this is just this is we'll never forget this era in our life, never. Sports, we'll never forget this era. Yeah. It's uh, it's something else. So you think it'll be shut down in a month? Eh? Yeah. I think it's going to play out. Really? Yeah. I don't think the TV ratings are going to do all that well, though. No. If you got NBA playoffs on at the same time as baseball yeah. and uh, NHL playoffs, like, what are you watching? Are you watching the games that matter or are you watching the games that don't matter? Yeah. Not to say the – sorry. Regular season games matter, but – the level of play is definitely not at a higher level like it is in the playoffs with right. anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mookie Betts, uh, there's there's reports out there that he signed a 13-year deal today worth $380 million with the L.A. Dodgers. That's the richest contract in baseball history. Now, thoughts. Is he worth it? This is why the Boston Red Sox didn't re-sign him. They didn't want to fork up that kind of money does his position mm. on the dodgers make the dodgers a world series contending team or they were they, already or do they them. have to sort their yeah. pitching out before they want to go any further their pitching's pretty good their pitching is great yeah right they have the greatest pitcher in baseball but when it comes to they your, picked up david price as well when it comes to your relievers in your bull in your bullpen and you're closing, they need more out of that than signing a guy like Mookie Betts. Dude, it's Mookie, not their bats. Their bats Mo- don't have a problem. Yeah, Mookie Betts is the best player outside of Mike Trout in the game, though, right? Yeah, well, 
baseball's tough to say that because of you know all the special positions and stuff. But Mookie is definitely one of the best players for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd argue my boy is pretty high up there too, right? Who? Acuna Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's interesting. I anyway, mean, it's it, dude. Opening day in baseball is tomorrow. Yeah, Mookie Betts. It might be today for whoever's okay. listening to this. I'll say this right now: Mookie Betts would make a way, way, way bigger impact on another team besides the Dodgers. Mm. Like if uh, if I'm running the Dodgers, I'm not going. I need to give Mookie Betts this amount of money to get me over the hump to win me a World Series. I just don't think that that big of a piece, and he is a massive piece, yeah. fits my puzzle, right? That's all I'm saying. You look at the Dodgers. They've been in the World Series two years in a row. Yeah. They're the favorite this year to go to the World Series again along with Houston. So The garbage can bangers? Yeah, that's another thing. Boy, did they really get off easy on this whole thing. I know. No hey, fans? Because the COVID just came along and it saved them. It did it save totally them. saved them. Nobody's talking about yeah. the Astros, the biggest disgrace since the Black Sox. Nobody's talking about them. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Caleb Kirby, where can we find you? At Kirbin23 on Twitter. You can find me at Art Aronson on all social media accounts. Uh, two in the bag. Here we are. I'll try not to, you know, fill you with another 20 minutes of content after I did this last week. Uh, we also got a 1,000 downloads this week. That should be noted. Thank you for everybody who subscribed to us. Um, I don't know why you are subscribed to us, but thank you. There you go. 